Are your emotions causing you anxiety? Emotions can be quite beneficial, but sometimes they can have unwanted consequences, especially when they cause us fear or anxiety. Today, psychologist Dr. David Klemanski talks about the latest and most effective techniques available to reduce and eliminate anxiety. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Today we're sharing an exclusive interview with psychologist Dr. David Klemanski about his audiobook, Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life. This audiobook is a groundbreaking step-by-step -step guide for managing the thoughts and feelings that cause anxiety, worry, fear, and panic. Using easy mindfulness practices, you'll learn to manage your emotions and lessen your anxiety. Dr. Klemanski is a Yale University psychologist and professor. In today's conversation, he discusses the science of emotion regulation as well as the positive side to negative feelings. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Dr. David Klemanski, author of the audiobook, Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life. The main audience that we wrote the book for is for people who want to reduce their anxiety. And that sounds very broad and vague in general. But the idea there is that you can have a disordered type of anxiety. So you might have panic. You might have generalized anxiety disorder. You might have post-traumatic stress disorder. Any of the different anxiety disorders might be applicable to anyone that reads this book. And they'll certainly benefit from it. But we also think people who just have anxiety on a daily basis, which is almost everyone in this world, we really think that because so many people in this world experience anxiety throughout their lifetime, that you probably could benefit from reading this book, other related books, whatever it might be, to help reduce your anxiety. This book is really for anyone who wants to meaningfully make changes to their life and sort of reduce their anxiety, but also for those who want to gain insight into their emotions or for those who want to learn fundamentals of mindfulness, which is the sort of the two major areas that we've incorporated into our book. So another term that we use in the book is emotional avoidance, and that really relates to the positive side of negative emotions. Emotional avoidance is like a beach ball. If you're at the ocean or if you're in a pool and you're trying to hold this beach ball underwater, you feel a ton of resistance. All this pull trying to bring the ball back up to float. But if we're trying to suppress that ball and really hold it down, we're working hard to do that for the most part, especially the bigger the ball, the sort of the more resistance it will have, right? And so when we're holding that ball down, we're sort of working hard, we're expending lots of energy. Emotions are a lot like that beach ball, especially negative emotions. We want to tend to avoid them. So when we avoid them, we're actually doing the same thing that we're doing the beach ball in a sense. We're suppressing our emotions and we're holding them in. It takes a lot of our energy to hold them in. And that's really what emotional avoidance is. Using this unnecessary energy to hold our emotions in or suppress them or get rid of them so that we don't have to experience them. The formal definition of emotional avoidance 
is really any action or behavior that is utilized to prevent the experience or expression of a negative emotion or to stop the feeling of an uncomfortable emotion. So that might include sadness, fear, anger, shame, any of those emotions that we typically want to avoid. And emotional avoidance is really taking this purposeful stance of saying, I don't want to feel this emotion. I don't want to experience it. And I want to put it away. It's hard to put away. It's like that beach ball. Our emotions want to pop up. They want to give us information. They want to give us functions. But emotional avoidance is really the opposite of that. We're putting it away and we're not dealing with it. And we're not regulating the emotions skillfully. And we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're consuming too much energy, putting the negative emotions away. Because if we let them out and we regulate them, they're pretty much going to be handled on their own and we can move on to the next emotional experience. Emotional avoidance can come about at any point in time. Sometimes we liken it to one emotion. Maybe a person particularly doesn't like to feel sad. That's just one emotion that they want to avoid. If you find yourself chronically avoiding an emotion or chronically avoiding scenarios or aspects of your life that might breed a certain negative emotion, that's another symptom that you're probably engaging in too much emotional avoidance over time. Another question that we get is, what is emotion regulation? It really refers to the idea of influencing what we feel, when we feel it, and how we experience and express our emotions. We have all kinds of emotions throughout the day. Sometimes they come in waves, like, you know, if you're at the beach and you get caught up in a big wave, sometimes an emotion can feel like a pretty big wave, depending on the experience of it. Sometimes we get smaller emotions, like the little baby waves. And so emotion regulation is learning to skillfully regulate those emotions that come in waves, whether they're big or small waves. Sometimes feeling an emotion is really right to the experience. It's appropriate. We want to experience it. If we're watching a comedic movie, we want to laugh. If we are watching a sad movie, we might want to sort of feel empathy for the characters. Those are appropriate. But if we're at a funeral, we don't certainly want to have a laughing fit. Or if we're at work, we don't want to be crying too much. What the idea behind emotion regulation is, is again, helping people change what, when, and how they feel an emotion and how they express those emotions. We know emotions have functions, and we want to think again about what's the function of an emotion that's doing um, what it's doing for us. So if we think about a function of an everyday item like a clock, the function of a clock is to tell us the time. The function of an emotion is a little bit more nuanced, but we want to think about what functions do emotions give us. Sometimes they help us highlight a memory or an event. We have a certain emotional experience, like going to Disney World as a kid. Or we might have some sort of internal motivation based on an emotion. We want to feel better, so we might watch a funny movie, those kinds of things. And so we really want to think about what the function of the emotion is and how we can regulate that to sort of enhance our life and reduce our anxiety. The reason we wanted to write the book is really to think about how we can help people understand what mindfulness is, because it's sort of a well-kept secret, and we want to help them use it so that they can increase their functional abilities in their life, reduce their anxiety, or just have a more meaningful life in general. A question that we often get is, what is mindfulness? The one way that we really want to define it for people is it's the opposite of autopilot. Sometimes we drive to the store, and we're like, wow, that trip went fast. I don't remember all the details of my trip. Or we're watching a TV show or reading a book, we get through multiple pages and we sort of get to the end and we're like, I don't remember all the details of that. And that's because we're operating in autopilot. We're checking our environment for different things. We're sort of looking at our phone, checking Facebook, maybe doing multiple things at once. But mindfulness is really encouraging the opposite of that. 
So it's learning to pay attention in the present moment on purpose and without judgment. And those three things are really important. So again, the present moment experience is really giving your full attention to that. If you're going to wash the dishes, wash the dishes with your full presence. What does it entail to feel the hot water, to feel the soapy water? It's a silly example, but it's one of those things that we really have to practice in our lives to really sort of be focused on the present moment. On purpose means actually doing this with the goal in mind of being mindful. It's really practicing for maybe a few minutes a day until it becomes more of a habit, something that you strive towards. And without judgment means that we don't judge our experiences. In the book, we talk about mindfulness being like training a new puppy. We want to train our brains like we train puppies. So sometimes puppies, when they're learning to walk on a leash, they will run around the sidewalk, circle you, wrap you up in their leash. We would never be harsh with a puppy and discipline them or scold them because they're learning something very brand new for the very first time. We don't want to judge ourselves for how we don't do mindfulness well or that we don't quite get something or that we're having a hard time paying attention to the present moment. And when we combine those three things, we know that allows us to enhance our awareness about the emotions we're feeling, the thoughts we're having, the behaviors that we're engaging in, or even how our body feels, whether we're anxious or not. The people that would most benefit from the audiobook are those who are committed to it. And so that's a very generic answer, but I will explain. The more you're committed to this material, the more that you're committed to the idea of mindfulness and sort of emotion regulation, I think you're going to use the book in sort of meaningful ways. And I think it's going to be that you might listen to it once, twice, maybe several times, because the things that we're explaining there, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're sort of talking about the way that research is showing us to help reduce anxiety, to help reduce those negative thoughts that people experience with anxiety, those hard to deal with emotions. We're really teaching you ways to sort of manage them so that you can welcome the experiences that we're not used to welcoming but also skillfully manage it in the moment. Other people that will benefit from the book are those who are just curious about mindfulness. If you've never experienced it or never have engaged in a mindfulness practice, you're going to benefit from this book. And if I can, I'll just add a quick story. When I was doing my internship, I was working with patients who were just sort of expressing their love for mindfulness. And I didn't quite get it. I was sort of like, this seems kind of basic. I wasn't sure that I understood mindfulness or even really liked it all that much. But the more I sort of dove into it and the more I, I learned from the patients that I was working with about their love for it or their use of it in really skillful ways, I found it to be just one of those things that I think is mind-blowingly simple, but also something that is incredibly complex in terms of how we develop a habit of being more mindful. And then I applied it to my own life. And I think it's just something, you know, if we can incorporate into our everyday lives, I think it's going to be really helpful for just managing anxiety, but also other mood states that we have as well. Mindfulness is incredibly helpful. Give it a chance. Use the audiobook as many times as you like, because I think it'll stick and you'll get the idea behind it. And I think you'll find something helpful about it. It's one of my passions in my research and something I find incredibly important that I hope many people can benefit from over time. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Dr. David Klemanski, author of the audiobook, Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. 
Thanks for listening. See you next week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.